0: Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is April 11, and our text for today is 1 Kings chapter 17. That's the introduction to the Tishbite Elijah, Elia. God is my God. And we're going to look at the life of Elijah over the next couple of days, but before we get to that, I want to go back to the book of 1 Kings chapter 11 and do as I told you I would do concerning David and Jeroboam. That's interesting as you study the life of these two men. Because God made a promise to David that he would build him a house, that is, a lineage that would come after him. And David was faithful to God, he trusted God, he waited on God, and God honored and blessed him above all of the people to this point in human history. Two names stand out in the Tanakh, in the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings, concerning our salvation above all others. If you said to me, Pastor, who are the two most important people in the entire Tanakh and the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings in the Old Testament, I would say without hesitation, equivocation, it is Abraham and David. Because to Abraham and David were made unconditional promises. That is, God said to Abraham, I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing. I will give you land. I will give you a name. I will give you a heritage. And it was not based upon Abraham's obedience or conditional upon this or that. God said, I'm going to do this not because of who you are, Abraham, but because of who I am. And then he did the same thing with David, not concerning a land or a lineage or blessing or cursing, but rather the establishment of a kingdom, of a throne. Because both of them were necessary when it came to the Messianic line, unto the line of salvation, to Yeshua HaMashiach, to Jesus the Messiah, the Anointed One. And so Jesus came as our Savior the first time when he was born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life of total sinlessness. He never sinned, never any deceit found in his mouth. He was a perfect human being. He was all God, all man, but he lived in perfect obedience to the Father. He died not to pay for his own sins. He had none, but to die as a substitute to pay the sin Death for you and for me. You see, by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, by Adam. But Jesus came where Adam lived in pristine beauty, never sin in the world. Everything around him inclined him to obey God. Everything around him gave him a propensity within himself because he was totally righteous to live in the will of God. But yet he sinned, he fell, and the whole human race after him did. And so the sin nature is passed on through the Father. However, the Lord Jesus had not an earthly father, But he had a heavenly father who impregnated by the spirit of God, a woman and his humanness, his humanity came from his mother. And so his DNA was not from a sinful father, but from a mother. And it's through the father that the sin nature is passed on. Romans chapter 5, specifically verse 12 and other verses. And so this is very important because Jesus lived as the God man, but he lived in perfect obedience to the father. He came into a world that was cursed. He came into a world where everyone around him was a sinner. He came into a world which everything around him begged him to sin, but yet he did not. And so therefore, he was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Now, on the other hand, his second coming, when he comes again, he's not coming to die on a cross. He's coming to rule and reign from Jerusalem. This is where David comes in, because David is the one to whom God made unconditionally promises that he would build him a house, certainly not because of David. David, like Abraham, was a sinner, and they sinned before God grievously. There Abraham committed adultery. David committed adultery. He had many wives. Then he committed uh, adultery with uh, Bathsheba, totally displeased the Lord. But God, in his great mercy and kindness, forgave him, restored him upon his repentance, and made a promise to him that he would always have have someone sitting on the throne, that it was going to be an everlasting dynasty. And in Jesus, the Messiah, that is fulfilled. And so this is why Matthew, the first of the gospels, emphasizing the kingship and the kingdom of the Messiah, said, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the anointed one. And he is the son of David, who is the son of Abraham. So these two names are connected in the first chapter, first verse of the new covenant, the Barit Hadashah, the New Testament. And so you have David that God said, I'm going to build you a house. And he did it and he blessed him. Then you have Jeroboam, this figure that we looked at in our last podcast that was of the tribe of Ephraim. He was an industrious young man. God loved him, saw that he had great leadership potential. And he said, I will do for you what I did for my servant, David. I'll give you 10 tribes. But because I love David and made a promise to him, it is going to be through him that the Messiah is going to come. And so the tribe of Judah is always going to be the loyal to David, but I'm going to build you a kingdom, Jeroboam. And so I'm going to do for you what I did for David. If you'll just walk with me as David, my servant did. And so, you know what happened? He blew it. So when you compare these two men, same promises were made. Well, what's the difference? Well, David knew that God had set him aside, anointed him, Just as with the prophet Samuel, he anointed him king and David trusted in the hand of a sovereign God that when it was time, he would raise him up. As you'll recall, he had many instances when he could have killed Saul, when he could have taken down God's anointed king, Saul, but he did not do it. And he had great reverence and respect for the position of king. And over and over again, he said, I will not lift my hand against God's anointed. But yet, here was opportunity after opportunity. So David was very secure in his calling before God. He didn't have to make things happen. He waited on God until it was his time, and he knew that he was going to be king, but it was years after God made that promise before it actually came to pass. So here you have the portrait of a man very secure in his calling, trusting God, Almighty God, and knowing That in God's time he would bring about his desired end. Then you have Jeroboam who also had a prophet say to him, you are the one you're going to be the next king. You're going to be the next king, David. I'm going to tear the kingdom from the dynasty of David and he's only going to get one tribe. You're going to get 10 tribes and I'll set you up and you will have a kingdom like him. But you know what Jeroboam did? Jeroboam tried to bring it about in his own power. See, he had to make it happen. You hear that a lot in evangelical circles today. If we can just market enough, if we can just manipulate enough, if we can just be on the ball enough and Madison Avenue it enough, then it'll all come to pass. Well, you may get a crowd, but that doesn't ensure the anointing of God. You see, we need to quit being cons- so concerned about numbers and winning and start being more concerned about God, God's timing, and God's anointing upon our lives and our churches. And so here's a tale of two men one that uh, waited on God and was secure, and then you had the man, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, that was always waiting on his opportunity to undercut the king and to rebel and to do it his way. And sure enough, he did. And the Bible says he said in his heart, you can read about it in chapter 12 how he said in his heart, now I'm going to have to do something or these people are going to turn in rebellion against me and go back to David. So I'm going to set up my own religious system and I'm going to make a golden calf in Dan and one in Bethel. The one in Dan was for the tribes that were farthest away from Jerusalem and then he set one close to Jerusalem because the Bible gave away his motive. Chapter 12 it says the reason he did this is because he knew that if the people returned three times a year to Jerusalem, that their hearts would go back to David. You see, he was insecure. God told him, I'll give you 10 tribes, but he didn't believe God because you see, he had to make it happen. He had to manipulate the people. And so in doing that, his heart turned away from God just as sure as Solomon's was turned away by women, his was turned away by insecurity. Let me tell you, insecure people will hurt you. And the only person that can help someone with insecurity is God himself. So here's the tale of two men, two kings. One that was secure in his calling. He knew God had called him, and so all he needed to do was just walk in obedience, and God in his time would make it happen. He trusted a sovereign, loving God. And the other man was Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. Why? Because he was so insecure, he was afraid if he didn't do something, set up his own system, that somehow the kingdom would be taken out of his hand. Over my 40 plus, almost 50 years of ministry I have talked with a lot of men. Let me just tell you one of the greatest things that God can grant to a man and a man can accept who's in leadership is knowing first of all that God put him there, that God sent him somewhere and let me tell you if God sends us somewhere God will take care of us and God will watch our back. Now he doesn't want us to put stones in people's hands to stone us and we need to be wise but the fact is if God doesn't protect you man of God no one is going to be able to protect you because God sees the end from the beginning. This is true. It's illustrated not only in David and in Jeroboam's life, but in Elijah's life. Now, in chapter 17, our reading for today, Elijah comes on the scene like a meteor in the night. He just is bright shining. He shows up and he says to Ahab, the king of Israel, the wicked king, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and go hide by the brook Kareth. Now that's over in what is modern day Jordan now on the opposite side of the Jordan River from the Jezreel Valley and the Herod area, the Herod River, the Herod Springs where Gideon tested his men before fighting the Midianites. Just in eyesight of that is Jezreel where the great palace of Jezebel was and from the vineyard of Of Naboth, you can see the foot of Mount Gilboa where all of the troops of Gideon, the great judge, were tested. All of this happened within eyesight of each other. But God said, Get away from here. You've given my word. Now you go. And He says, I have a place for you, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you, but you got to get in the place where I want you to be. See, that's security. What you and I need to do, men of God, women of God, is we need to find out where God wants us to go and get there because that's where the blessing is. But now look at this. God called Elijah to sit by a drying brook. Now think about that. You see, God knew that brook was going to dry up before He ever sent him there. Well, why would God send us to an unfruitful place? Why would God send someone to a brook that's drying up? Why would God send a man to a church that's dying? Why would God send a man to a community that's dying? Because God many times just wants to test our obedience to see if we trust the hand of a sovereign, loving God. And that's exactly what happened. Now, listen, God sent ravens to take care of Elijah. He can send ravens, doves. He can send people, angels, to take care of us. What we need to do is make sure we're walking with God. Sir, if you're listening, ma'am, if you're listening to this podcast, understand that the greatest thing you can do is get in the will of God. That's the safest place on earth is in the center of God's will. The safest place, the most secure place is you trusting God and his word. We don't have to make anything happen. What we need to do is walk in obedience and God will see that it happens after all he is God. And so when somebody says to you, well I just don't believe God's in that because that place is drying up. Well you better not tell Elijah that because he was in the will of God. God said you go to Kareth and you set by that brook and then God dried it up. Why? Because he had somewhere else for him to go. If God calls you to sit beside a drying brook, you'll only be there a while and then he'll send you maybe to a poor widow and it's amazing when God sent Elijah there, the brook didn't dry Uh, but her son died and he got blamed for it. And so you see, it doesn't always work out just like we want it. But what we have come to believe is if there's not just continual blessing and there's not just continual fruitfulness, if everything doesn't work out in our timing, we just want to quit and say, well, I just miss God. Well, don't tell William Carey that the great missionary to India who labored there for almost a decade with no fruit whatsoever. Don't tell Adoniram Judson that of Burma as he did all that he did done don't tell Adoniram Judson that, who worked and lost his wife and served the Lord on a foreign field, but didn't see fruit for years, but yet God was in it. Listen to me. God is the Lord of the harvest, and when it's time, God will give a harvest. You and I are not called to produce fruit. You and I are called to to be faithful. You and I are called to abide in the vine, and God is the one that produces the fruit. All we need to do is just remain where he said to remain until he gives the increase. Oh, my word, how often we fail simply because we are trusting our own might instead of the hand of God who anointed us and sent us. Find out where God wants you to be and go there. And then you'll be blessed as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast.